It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Julie's a spirited one. Girl, you asked me to take a shower in my trunks with you. You're married. Are you not seeing that? of everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry it's a special day spring has sprung new beginnings have happened and I needed to have somebody to talk to this episode so I have brought my lovely friend Brittany to chat with me about what the hell is going on in pop culture today hi hi Kara how are you oh I'm so so good how are you I am doing the same it's it's really been a week i feel like the the gods of pop culture have really smiled down upon us and so we really got to get into it um so if you don't know i usually start my episodes with two topics one is a girl of the week and the other is a can i get a hell yeah and this is going to be the first time that Both of those are from the same topic. So my Can I Get a Hell Yeah this week is for the Real World Homecoming New Orleans. It is so good. How are you liking it so far? I'm I'm obsessed with this series just to begin with. Like, it's bringing so much nostalgia and just seeing them all together makes my heart feel all kinds of things. Did you watch the other two series? I did. So how is this one ranking so far? I mean, I know we're only two episodes in, but how is it going so far compared to the other two? Well, like, I'm a little bit biased because New Orleans is, like, one of my favorite cycles of real world. So this is so... And the drama is already starting. Um, They're all just so different in in different ways. Like, the first one was, like... Actually, they all have, like, a theme of just, like, this one person who happens to... Mm. A, a Karen who just doesn't understand how to like adapt to their wrongdoings of the past. Yeah. And you're right. Like the drama started right out the gate, which leads me to my girl of the week, which is Julie, because <laughs> wow, like yeah. what, what, I mean, just open the book of Karen and Julie has like the fucking blueprint. I, I am like shocked. It is like she came out with the Lululemon leggings. <laughs> she did. I noticed that too. 
Like she could not have been more stereotypical. So for those of you who guys don't know, um, Julie's one of the, she was a Mormon girl. She was like the, you know, the stereotypical sheltered pseudo, you know, very religious person on the show. Like didn't know anything. This is her first experience out in the world. So she ended up actually making friends with a couple of the cast members, Danny, who was the gay uh, cast member, and Melissa, who was the woman of color cast member. I'm, you know, making this very generalized, but, you know. Um, so over the years, like, they had a friendship outside of the show, but then over the years, it comes out that Julia was, like, Julie was stiffing them out of appearances and money and, like, going so far as to write letters to these companies to say, like, don't work with them um, and hire me instead. So they've had this like 20 year long beef with Julie and she comes in like wounded animal says, I'm so sorry to Danny immediately. And just the way that they clock her has just been so cathartic to watch on television. Yeah, like, you you can tell that she was already coming in, like, I need to repair, like, this image that I have, and she just uh-huh. didn't give them time to just, she didn't even give them a moment to a, at least express how they felt. She just immediately was like, hey, I'm sorry, and just expected them to accept it. Right, and with, like, she literally said, I'm sorry to Danny, as they're hugging and seeing each other for the first time in decades, and Danny's like, yeah, we can talk about this later, like, don't and I'm seeing right through you and like what you're trying to do right now. And like, I'm not going to participate. And like Melissa's thorough taking down of her, like you're crying right now. You're not understanding what we're saying. You're refusing to believe me. You're asking me for proof. I'm telling you that this happened. I shouldn't have to explain it to you. And I'm also not going to do this thing where like you take me to a level where I look like the angry black person on television. It's yes. just like, wild. And even Tokyo, who also is David. Um, yeah. And, you know, because on the, sh- the original show, David kind of wasn't, like, I don't Didn't know. participate. He was in his no, own. He didn't participate. He really was. But he was always friends with Julie. But, but I like that he, like, at least explained to Julie, hey, this is why they feel this way. And mm-hmm. this is where you need to meet them at. And she still, it still missed the mark with her. She was like... It- she literally he gave her a script like she should have taken her phone out and recorded what he said and just like repeated it and <laughs> it, it's it was wild to watch yeah david like the way he handled the situation was so great because you know i mean i don't know sorry tokyo but um you know oftentimes when we see that there's like a black person taking the time to come and like walk these people through the garden mm-hmm. <laughs> i just get nervous about what is going to be said here because lord i don't want this to be like a jenny Wynn situation where she's got her token black saying that she's not racist and everything's <laughs> fine you know what i mean <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i was like really proud of tokyo for for like explaining like no and being like you know what this is not okay what you're doing is not okay this is why it's not okay this is how melissa feels this is how danny feels you need to understand that he was like very thorough in his explanation so i this is this has been such a great watch even two episodes in i can't believe it yeah it was so good and then who's the like white guy from chicago Jamie. <laughs> Jamie. How does he still look good? I expected him he's to so look weathered really badly. And he's still <laughs> very good looking. I'm very he's, 
I mean, you're from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. So, like, he's got that, like, just, like, cutie from Chicago vibe. Like, I feel like he probably lived downtown at some point. You know, like, he's just cute. He's just cute. Um, And also, it's, like, Matt. How is Matt literally not aged? I know. (laughs) He looks exactly the same. Exactly the same. And, like, he has, like, 16 million kids, too. So, like, I know the stress (laughs) level's high. Right, and not for nothing. That man's skin seems like public enemy number one for skin damage. You know, so it's just like against all odds, he looks great. <laughs> Does. <laughs> um. So yeah, let's move on. So you have really been coming up lately as like in my mind, queen of TikTok, Ooh. telling the girls and spilling the tea. Talk to everybody about your TikTok account and what you're doing right now. Yeah, I've been exposing all the knowledge, the wealth of knowledge of pop culture that I've had just stuck inside me over the past of like two decades and just Mm -hmm. unleashing it on TikTok, sharing all the messy tea on celebrities over the years and people are enjoying it, I guess. They are. And just so you know, you're already like tentatively it's up to you, but I'm making you in the calendar for the Michelle Williams Patreon episode that I have <laughs> brewing in my mind. Like that was really, I was like, okay, the girls don't talk about her they and don't. how messy she is. I, I, I think they just don't know. Like no one really knows what's like, I don't even know like Michelle Williams personality at that. Right. And this is white Michelle Williams, you guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she, she I mean, every, it seems like 17 minutes, she's walking on some street in Brooklyn with an entirely different man. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where the hell did he come from? Who is this person? I was just getting used to the last one. <laughs> right. It's like some guy in a band, a writer, some guy in the industry. Like, she really, Michelle Williams has WAP and we need to talk about it more. We really, really do. She needs um, to write a book. She needs to write a book. These are the people who I need to, like, give us the pussy blueprint. Like, um, her, um, Minka Kelly. Mm. I know everything about her. I need to know more about Countess Luann and how she does it. You know, I I want the big guns out to, in my mind, like, do a panel and talk about how you do it all. (laughs) I also add Megan Markle to that list because yes, (laughs) I know she won't do it, but girl, help us out. Yeah. yeah, I would like to, for her to be the keynote speaker. Um, uh, so let's talk about our first order of business, which is Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis, uh, a couple that were together, never married. They had two children. They, you know, s- sort of consciously uncoupled, like their breakup was a little weird i think there were a couple breakups there were yeah, some times yeah thought they were together when they weren't um but she's now with harry styles he's doing his thing on ted lasso and uh on stage olivia was doing um some sort of promo for her new movie that's coming up somebody serves her with papers it's a manila envelope this is personal and confidential on the outside she's very confused looks in and come to find out these are like some sort of papers dealing with uh custody of their children um so olivia is somebody who is interesting to me 
where do you lie in the Olivia versus Jason of it all? I really like them as a couple. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, they were just someone that I like, I didn't really pay much attention to, but I thought they were cute. I like their kids' yeah. names and all that kind of stuff. But then when they started to like break up and things were starting to like unravel, I was like, oh, like they're both kind of feel a little bit messy, but mm-hmm. people take sides on the internet and people are taking their side. People are taking their sides. Um, I I feel like I've seen like a pretty 50-50 opinion, but I personally, based on you know, a very intimate interaction I had with both of them and Team Jason. Really? <laughs> I mean, by intimate interaction, I mean, I was waiting for the subway. I was waiting for the train and they were also waiting for the train. This was years ago. Mm-hmm. And Olivia gave me a dirty look and wow. Jason helped open the door for me. So that those feelings have been embedded in my brain since then so like i have kind of low-key had a crush on jason this whole time and thought that she was a monster (laughs) okay did you see that tweet about her yep yep i've seen her too in new york where she didn't give me any of that look um so i'm really shook by all of this that's coming out about her but not shocked because you know yeah, because, you know, um, <laughs> for those of you who guys did not see the tweet, there was a gentleman who tweeted that he was on the train with Olivia and a group of his friends. And I guess somebody in his friend group recognized her. So he went to ask who, if that was her mm-hmm. and she turned her ring around. <laughs> yeah, basically so was saying that he was going to mug her, like right. gave her that. Yeah. Right. So I I don't know. Do you, I mean, this is like kind of a, it, it's not a great look. I think a lot of people are turning on Jason because they're like, oh, he pretends to be this like nice guy, but what kind of monster would go through um, the, you know, hullabaloo that would have to have happened for this process server to get on stage or to even get to this event? Because I guess, you know, it took like, uh, you know, they had to have, you know, the proper credentials to get in there. Um, And so they're like, yeah, whoever did this, it took a lot of effort. And clearly this was premeditated. He has said that he had nothing to do with it. He's horrified. Um, He would have never done that to her. And Olivia's basically, her camp is basically saying the opposite that like, well, I don't know that they've said anything shitty about him. This is more of like sympathy in her direction. Yeah. (sighs) <sighs> it's messy. It's very messy. Um, I don't know. I mean, here's my thing: is that like he does kind of have that good guy, g gosh, yeah, persona, like a mm-hmm. uh, John Mulaney in a way, yeah. mm-hmm. where he, he could easily get away with stuff. Um, so I don't know. Justice for Harry Styles, free Harry Styles. That's all I have to like. Say. Harry, you really want to be a stepdad and all this mess, like. <laughs> and then, like the commenters in my TikTok when I talked about this was like, "Oh, like of course he has no idea. Like I do this, and the person has no idea where we're gonna find the person." I'm like, "Yeah, you guys do that for local people. Like these <laughs> people are rich." Yeah. I'm sorry, but they have a different type of how they're going to do it. They have private investigators and all that kind of stuff. So just FYI. Yeah, I mean, it's not 
like you pulling up to your man's job at the UPS because you know <laughs> he's going to be there on shift. Right. You know? <laughs> We're dealing with different circumstances here. Yes, and <laughs> tax bracket. Just <laughs> saying. Exactly. Um, so moving on to this, this I found was very interesting. Finally, somebody had the nerve to ask actress Elizabeth Moss, girl, why are you a Scientologist? So <laughs> she just did an interview and they talked about it. They she the first questions were about like why do you really not talk about this, even though you were born into Scientology and you're like a lifelonger. Um and she says, I don't want to come off as being cagey. If you and I met, just hang out as friends. I'm like an open book about it. Um, but I didn't want people to be distracted by something when they're watching me. I want them to be seeing the character. And I feel like when actors reveal too much of their lives, I'm sometimes watching something and I'm thinking, oh, I know that she just broke up with that person. Or, oh, I know that she loves to do hot yoga or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, would you compare somebody's diet and exercise habits to being in a cult? <laughs> <laughs> yeah two different things i mean it's it's very obvious that she sees how people have reacted to tom cruise and don travolta but girl this is it this isn't like a breakup this is not like okay. ben j-lo breaking up and we'd be like oh my god g lee's just happened you know, right completely different right it's wild to me that I mean, this was like an inevitable question mm-hmm. as she moved on in her career. Like some at some point she was gonna have to address this, right? But like to me, what we know of Scientology is so measured, so ordered, so constructed and orchestrated. I'm just the fact that she's like trying to be easy breezy, beautiful Scientology girl about this is just so funny to me. Like you guys couldn't do any better than this. Right. And then she was saying how like Scientology is like this open book, like, you know, it's nothing scary, like how people are putting it out to be. And it's just like, no, there's like been, it's been reported how scary it is that you can like, you can't just visit the Scientology building and like not end up being in Scientology. Like, right. This isn't, a regular religion (laughs) she said something that really cracked me up and what did she say oh you know it's not a really closed off religion it's a place that's very open to like welcoming in somebody who wants to learn more about it i think that's the thing that's probably most misunderstood yeah Um, what no i don't (laughs) i don't think that's true liz like I don't think people are judgmental of Scientology because they feel like it's exclusionary. They think it's weird. Yeah. And that's that like line to me stood out. And it's also sounding a little bit like she's trying to recruit more people to it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's scary. It's really scary. It's really weird. And again, like if this is the best that they could come up with, like that tells me all I need to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, I will be watching Handmaid's Tale. You're not <laughs> me. <laughs> I do want to know more about her and Fred Armistead. Listen, we all do. And yeah. Natasha, Leon, you're up next. I want to know what's going on with them. 
<laughs> and Maya Rudolph too. Like Maya, why are you so close to him? Right. Because like, let's be real. He looks like his dick is trash. <laughs> and he doesn't even like, he's not a good person. The girls have been talking about him in Brooklyn. Yes. For now. So yes. yeah, I want to know more. I would like that TikTok. You can put that on your list. What's going on? Put that on the list. We gotta, we gotta expose that. <laughs> um, and our last is maybe the most shocking bit of information. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Christine Quinn of Selling Sunset has officially left the Oppenheim group after years of lying and not coming <laughs> up with any sort of excuse other than I'm just funny. Um, faking COVID to get out of the current season's reunion. She decided, you know what? I can do a commercial with Melissa Gorga and live my best life. Um, she is off the website, except for the group shot on the Our Team section of the Oppenheim Group's website. If anybody's interested, I did look. Um, there are two dogs that are listed as the um, pub- public relations, UP, L-I-C-K, relations dogs at the Oppenheim Group. <laughs> RIP to you, Christine. What are you thinking about? How did you feel about the season? Did you watch it? Are you caught, caught up? I haven't started the new season. I'm a little bit behind because I had no idea he was even coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope that Christine takes this time to visit a good chiropractic because <laughs> he has kept all that weight of all the drama carrying the seasons, the yeah. last two seasons, like. I, we, she needed someone else to be a villain with her. She did. And I will just, like, not to spoil anything, but, I mean, it's basically, she's just the main character, like she ha- always has been, to these girls who spend a lot of time, you know, exerting energy about how bad she is for people who don't want anything to do with her, you know? <laughs> yes, they talk all the time about her. Yeah. They're just kind of, they're both mean girls in just different ways. Are you talking about uh, Christine versus Rochelle? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I feel like people are kind of turning on Rochelle, but to me, Rochelle is a classic Lauren Conrad, mm. where, like, she is, we're supposed to believe that she's a good girl, but, like, let's be real, Lauren was trying to steal Kristen's man the whole time, and, like, Kristen was made out to be the bitch for being like, hey, girl, stop actively trying to steal my boyfriend, you know? Right. <laughs> so, Facts. Oh, so yeah, I, I like Chriselle actually. I've heard interviews of her where she's actually pretty funny and she doesn't seem to be too far up her own ass about this whole situation. Like I think she gets that like people maybe don't like her mm-hmm. or they like see through her, I'm from wherever the fuck gas station in Kentucky. Um but yeah, I I, I see your point. Like I can definitely understand why people get annoyed with Chriselle. Yeah, I mean, I like her, but I also know that deep down, I mean, they spend so much time talking crap about Christine that I'm just like, all right, girls, like, if you really, and also, I'm not watching just to see you guys all hang out and have be friends. That's, no. that's not why I'm tuning in. No. <laughs> so... <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. They need definitely needed another villain somebody that like could bring because you know the enemy of my enemy is my friend right so they needed somebody who like Chriselle or at least like Mary and Christine could have a common goal with you know what I mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
like they keep bringing they kept bringing in christine's like these little allies for christine and it just wasn't working it wasn't working that one the girl the telenova girl yeah we thought she was gonna bring the drama and she just brought nothing not even like eyeshadow banter she brought several bold eyeshadow looks and that was um (laughs) gosh what do you think about davina because i really could talk about her all day She's also a weird one. Like, she obviously is also supposed to be the villain, but I just find her so weird and odd and just, I don't know. Like, she's not human. Yeah, she's yeah, something's <laughs> off about her. There's something off. And I said this on my Patreon like, people keep trying to say it's just because she's German, but it's not. It's more than that. <laughs> I don't get that. Yeah, I don't get the fact that she's German. It's just that she's just an oddball. She's very strange. She very weirdly. And I don't trust any girl that, like, sides with the guy and you know the girl. Right. Right. Because I heard that she was, like, actively hitting up Jason or Justin after the divorce of Chriselle. And I'm like, why, girl? Yeah, because, yeah, you could tell that she's one of those, not like a pick-me, but she can't be trusted. Advocate, like, yeah. yeah, one of those types where it's like, you have to like you say that you've been wronged and they're like, well, what about this? Like <laughs> you then have to like advocate for why you're hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She wouldn't hear her out. I just thought that was extremely strange. And ever since that moment on the show, I was like, yeah, that girl is not to be trusted. Yeah. I'd honestly be terrified to ask her opinion about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, did you see Drew Barrymore talking about on her show? No, go on though. I please tell me. It was her and Anderson. What's his name? That guy from Blackish. Oh, Anthony Anderson. Anthony Anderson. Yeah, him. They were both talking about it, and they're just saying how much they're like That's fascinated by this whole like spectacle. And I'm just like, you're fascinated by two people talking about domestic violence, right? Yeah, it, it's interesting. Definitely interesting to hear celebrities talk about this situation. Yeah, they all, they were just, like, kikiing about this. And I'm also, like, this is not funny. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, from, from what I've heard about Anthony, right? he might need to um, shut his ass up. So. Yeah, he's back for a different topic to discuss. On yeah. <laughs> like, why did your PR, no, Brittany, for real, like, why did your PR people not be like, you know what, maybe we'll sit this one, th- that topic out. <laughs> yeah, especially when they know that Twitter detectives are quick with their fingers. Like, they're going to find that video and then be like, oh, for real? And then start exposing everything about him. Absolutely. If Will Smith has taught us nothing, okay, we'll know that if it's celebrity says anything, somebody has already got a whole file folder ready to expose them. I mean, Years. Yeah, see, those Kravitz, I mean, that was record break. That needs to be in the role. It was broad record because that was just insane. Like, truly, like, I could not like, I feel like I went to the bathroom and she was canceled, like, (laughs) canceled from top to bottom. Like, the quickness with which that happened. Someone had that prepared. Definitely. Um, quick question. Do you have any feelings about the Met Gala since it will be, uh, coming up as you guys listen to this episode? 
I work in the beauty industry, so we are very pumped about the Met Gala. But when I saw the list of who's going to be attending, not good. Yeah, it's just like, oh, so like all the A listers have decided to not attend, and we got like not even second tier, we got third tier of invites attending. Are we talking like like James Charles third tier? Or like- <laughs> I mean, he might be. At- it's possible. It's not. This is Chloe's first year. She's going to be attending Chloe Kardashian. Oh, okay. Breaking news, guys. Breaking news. Um, who else? We got all Travis and Courtney are going to be attending. Um, basically, it's just going to be the Kardashians. Mm, yeah, I, I had a feeling. Um, I mean, we know that Rihanna's probably not going to be there. I'm sure she's actively crowning at this point. So. <laughs> Um, you know, it's like knowing that she's not going to be there, it really takes away like 50% of my excitement, you know? Zendaya too is not attending. She's not. Oh, I, I think I heard that. See, okay, well, what's the point then? Right. I mean, we're just going to have to start rescheduling. Yeah. Who are the girls that we really go up for? Because one thing about those Kardashian and Jenners is they will be like, oh, what is the, the theme? Okay. We're just going to wear the same thing you see us every time. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I guess Kiss switched it up with that, like, silhouette look. Yeah. But. Uh, I guess. <laughs> did you see her pee at the White House correspondent dinner? I sure did. And let me say, I said this on Patreon the other day, that, like, I just have a hard time wrapping my mind around the concept of Kim and Pete having sex. Like, I just can't <laughs> picture it. But in those pictures, I was like, okay, this says fuck energy. And I liked it. I definitely, you know, when certain people date certain people after their breakup, like Kim dating Pete makes so much sense because I just assume her and Kanye had like the worst sex for the Mm -hmm. last decade they've been together. And now she's finally getting orgasms for days. So I'm very happy for her for that. But did you also see his tattoo? His new one, I guess? No. What did it say? It has the initials of all her kids. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have like a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> and Kanye's not gonna say anything because you know nothing's coming out, so he's not gonna have a rant on Twitter. So you're breaking news to me, and like I'm sitting here with my jaw dropped. Like what? <laughs> he's got Chicago West initials on his body. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do that. I'm That's really gonna too much. They're not even engaged. That is wild. I mean, what would you do, Kara, if I was, if we were in a relationship for six months and I was like, I got a new tattoo, it's all your kids' initials and you, what would you (laughs) say? (laughs) I would be like, (laughs) like, now we're trying to figure out, like, what conversations do Pete and North have, you know? Because I know she doesn't fuck with him. So, like... (laughs) Yeah, she's a daddy girl to a T. Yeah, like, wow. This this is, like, blowing my mind. I really can't believe that. That's so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, Wow, okay. I'm going to have to go lie down after that. But thank you (laughs) so much. Tell everybody where they can find you. Tell them about your TikTok and your socials and all that. Yeah, you could find me on TikTok. It's Tea with Brit. And um, that's where I'll be spilling all the messy tea on all your faves. Um, So definitely check it out.
And I'm also on Instagram. It's Brittany D. Pierre. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. I still have the chills. Um, you have a great day, girl. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I just ruined your afternoon because you're going to be recovering the entire time. But it's been such a pleasure to be on the show again. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you, too. Bye. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know... When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. My mom. God bless her. I love her. But I can go to any state and she takes me on these tours of her childhood. When I go to San Diego, I've gone to her high school. I saw where she started her period. Like the things she'll tell me. So I know all the stories. Live from New York. It is another mini recap of Kardashians on Hulu. Gosh, are we on episode three now? Yeah. Wow. Time really flies when you're living. Okay. <laughs> Can't say that I'm having fun. Um, let's talk about it. I actually liked this episode. This may have been my favorite of the episodes. Definitely better than episode two. Maybe not better than episode one, but let's get into it. Um, it starts with Chris and Chloe. They're in a car in New York. Chris is telling her that she just had lunch with Lauren Michaels. He wanted her to be in a sketch Chloe to be in a sketch. And um, that just like really set off my equilibrium that Lauren Michaels would want to have lunch with Kris Jenner or anything with Kris Jenner. It's um, shocking to me. Like, it's not shocking to me that he would want the Kardashians on the show. It's shocking to me that he would spend time on a personal level with Kris Jenner. It, that is surprising to me. I don't really know much about Lauren Michaels 
in his personal life, but that really, that really shed, shed some insight for me. Um, so they're going to be on the show or Chloe was going to be on the show and Chris also going to be on the show. So as she's getting her makeup done by Mario, who now at this point I have to realize is just a crier. He just seems to like to cry a lot. Um, he tells, well, Chris is getting her glam done and she's like, Oh, to Kim, I heard that you are working on something, uh, with Travis for Courtney. Like, Hey, I heard you're, uh, you knew about this engagement too. And you knew before me, bitch. Okay. Um, so then she starts to get emotional talking about how Travis asked for Chris's permission. Right. And then she like starts to talk and Kim's like, don't do it, girl. And Chris is like trying to get choked up. She's like, don't do it. Cause you're getting your makeup done. And Chris reveals that Travis actually went to Robert Kardashian's grave to ask him permission to marry Courtney. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this seems part of like, I mean, it's sweet, right? Like it is a sweet thing to do. Is it a little weird? Yeah. Is it unsurprising for Travis? No. And their relationship? No. This relationship has been pretty much equal parts, uh, weird and, um, heartwarming. And I don't really know what to make of any of that. So, you know, like as part of somebody who's part of the dead dads club, I'm like, would I like, I think I would (laughs) though. Here's the thing, like where I stand with Kanye doing the, uh, CGI Robert, like I would, I don't think I would have liked that. I don't think it would have hit right for me, but like, I don't know. I I guess that's kind of nice. I don't know. I'm on the fence about it. Um, anyway, so everybody starts crying. Chris, Kim then gets mad at Chris. The way that we're finding out how much, um, makeup rules Kim Kardashian's emotions and whether or not she's wearing it um, and how she's able to express her emotions is just so interesting to me. It happens like a couple times in this episode. Um, but yeah, she starts to get annoyed, like genuinely annoyed at Chris is like, why would you say that? I told you not to say that. I just got my makeup done. I can't cry. How dare you? <laughs> and then Chris says, I can't believe this is the first time that Courtney is getting married. Isn't that cute? Yeah, mom, real cute. Thanks. Thank you. Like 43 years old. So cute that this is my first wedding. Thanks, mom. Thanks for reminding me. Um, So then Kim starts laughing. She's like, oh, damn, Courtney hasn't been married before, has she? And she starts to laugh. (laughs) I don't know, Kim, whose side of the fence would you rather be on, yours or Courtney's? Because to me, I'm thinking Courtney might have um, uh, beat you out on that one, girl. I think I liked this episode especially because they were in New York and I like to see like where they go, where they went to. I meant to see which restaurant they went to. Um, they were by Hudson Yards. I do know that. They went to some sort of fish base. I guess I could just look it up. Can I? It's probably Jose Andres's place, but let me look it up. All right. Well, I can't figure out which restaurant it is, but if you know which restaurant that is in the Hudson Yards, holler at me. I want to do like a, a tour of Chris Jenner's. <laughs> Chris Jenner's Manhattan. 
So anyway, they're at this restaurant. Chris says that they're there with their rider dies, which is unfortunate because one of those people is Jonathan Chebin, which, ooh. Seeing Jonathan in the HD of Hulu is um, harrowing. It's a harrowing experience. But also, like, let's get into this man's fashions, okay? Because, you know, like, I don't like to body shame or face shame or ugly shame people. But, like, he provides just a plethora of options to shame him. So, like, let's talk about what he was wearing. He was wearing a jacket that was, like, (laughs) half, like, military camo. And it was a camo, like the olive green military style jacket and half blazer. Ugh. <laughs> this man, like just go down to Miami and stay there. I don't know what his deal is. I he's got a show on the Food Network Food Network now. <sighs> when it's all said and done and you know, we are in our quietest of moments, one day somebody's going to reveal what Jonathan has over this family, um, Kim specifically. And it's gonna, it's gonna tell a much more clear picture of what we have going on here, because this shit does not make sense to me. Like in what world now that Kim has seen everything in what world are they still friends? He doesn't even seem like a good friend. He doesn't seem fun. He doesn't seem funny. He seems like really lame. And then he wears a stupid jacket. It's like he wore that jacket in front of Kim Kardashian. I can't imagine how she must have felt. He didn't think about that at all. That was rude. And he has blonde highlights. Like, what are we doing here? You're a grown man. Ugh. So anyway, uh, Chris tells the table that she wants to go to her old apartment that she lived in when she was a flight attendant back in the day. And everybody at that table, these alleged ride or dies who have known Chris for decades, and know her deepest, darkest secrets and all of her history. All look at her and are like, what? You were a flight attendant back in the day? You lived in New York? And I thought, who knew this? Me. So Kris Jenner, who's your ride or die? I am. I knew. I knew the truth. So she goes on to tell everybody, except for me, that she lived um, over by Carnegie and that she, you know, she referred to her as self as a stewardess back day back then but um yeah so she wants to go visit the old apartment chloe's really annoyed and this starts this whole storyline for chloe oh god she like she's really bringing nothing to the table about how annoyed she is that chris always wants to walk down memory lane always telling the stories back in the day and isn't living in the present and yeah she's just like you're you'll sit there And you have this beautiful life and you'll be sitting there crying over something that happened in the 80s and it just doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) Like, I'm just tired of this uh, walks down memory lane. And, oh, Scott was also there. Scott was also there at the table. He was supposed to do a sketch, but he backed out. Apparently it was going to be a joke about how he's dating younger women now because he wants them to add, he's hoping that they'll add up to Courtney's age. And so apparently he called Courtney and she did, wasn't feeling it. And he decided, you know, like my, the pit of my stomach, I was feeling this wasn't a good idea. So I called Courtney. She didn't like it. We decided not to do it. Like, I'm just happy to be here. This is a great moment. So as 
Chloe later is being tortured once again by Chris wanting to talk about her past. Um, she gets a call from Shelly. Now, Shelly Azoff is Chris's best friend. Her husband, Irving, was a uh, mogul in the music industry. He and Robert knew each other from back in the day. If you want to know more about this story, you can head on over to my Patreon at patreon.com slash EBBM podcast. I talk about the whole thing. Okay. Um, so they're longtime friends. She was on that trip to New York. They were staying in the same hotel. Shelly calls Chris and says, Hey, can you come to my room? And Chris is like, yeah, can I bring the cameras? They say yes. Right. So Chris on the way there is like, you know, if Shelly really needed something, she would just come to my room. So the fact that she's telling me to come to hers is like something must be going on. So she opens the door, Chris opens the door and who is there in a black hoodie. Um, you can barely see his mouth, a black leather jacket with shoulder pads, thick black boots, a black jean. And I think some sort of like balaclava or something, you know, who, you know, who, okay. Um, so they're like, Oh my God, Kanye, think, why are you here? Or he was supposed to be here. He was supposed to be in New York. Anyway, Chris is like, Oh, weren't you already here? Where are you staying? And he's like, no, I had to go back to LA, um, to run an errand. She's like, you went all the way back to LA and you came back. And he's like, yeah. So <clears throat> everybody gathers around. Everybody's there. Kim walks in with this huge fuchsia, um, like something that I would have worn as a snowsuit in Illinois. Okay. Um, she's got glasses on. Kanye's there. Tracy Romulus is there. Steph Shep is there for some reason. Shelly's there. Shelly's daughter's there. They're all gathered around. And Kim says, takes her glasses off and says, okay, I'm not wearing makeup on right now so I can cry. And then she says that um, Kanye got her something. And so Kanye leaves the room and he comes in with this, uh, you know, rolly uh, piece of luggage. And Kim kneels down and opens the luggage. She opens it up and it's a iMac, a hard drive, a damn keyboard is there. The whole shebang, right? So she tells everybody in the room that Kanye went to Ray J and got all the sex tape stuff from the computer that it was on, the hard drive it was on, the keyboard, just in case any information might be found in there, the whole thing. So he got it and everybody starts crying and you know she's like this is the computer that has all the sex tape footage on it and everybody's like so shocked it's it's the emotional moment of a lifetime right and chris is so thankful to kanye and at one point she says you know like i think this was like a lot of time and effort and i'm sure a big check was written so thank you kanye and kanye was like oh no 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 they're not going to be extorting us anymore. Like, this is the stuff that I want to hear, right? Like, I want to hear Chris be like, yeah, you probably had to throw some money into the situation. Ooh, it gives me chills just talking about it. Um, <clears throat> so in a confessional, Kim says that she watched the footage and that there was no sex tape footage of it. It was just them at a bar, at a club, whatever, just like nothing serious at all. She says, I thank Kanye because I know he did it for me, but I know he also did it for our children. And so this wouldn't be something that was held over our heads and, you know, yada, yada, yada. 
I also like seeing Chris and Kanye interact because they clearly don't like each other. (laughs) That is very obvious. They're clearly, but like how they try to keep it cute on camera is so interesting because, you know, Chris is not new to this. She's the fucking blueprint, right? So she knows how to keep things light and bright. But Kanye is just like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he can't even make eye contact with her. Like, they don't like each other. Oh, God bless. Um, so here's the thing. Ray J, um, had some feelings about this moment and he commented. So I guess he went on Twitter and said, um, all of this is a lie. Shaking my head. Can't let them do this to me anymore. So untrue. Um, but he did not respond to a request for an actual comment about that. So I'm curious as to what he's talking about. Like, let's talk about it. He also tweeted a couple days ago before the episode went out, um, something about like, you know, I've got kids too. Like, basically, like, I'm not the only one who should be worrying about this sex tape. But it's also like, well, sir, you wrote a song. One of your most popular songs, in fact, called I Hit It First. So do you, you know, you were thinking about your kids that much. You know, maybe we wouldn't have put that on wax. You know what Dorinda says? Say it, say it, forget it, write it, regret it. Exactly. Then everybody does a, uh, they gather around and get into a prayer circle. Chloe, (laughs) what a fever dream of these people in like head to toe Balenciaga. Chloe's manning a prayer for Kim's uh, SNL <laughs> episode. <laughs> and then it, Kim at one point says, and nobody take anything seriously. What I say, don't take it too personally. Amen. Um, so Chris is able to finally successfully grab Chloe and Corey. More insight that I love. You guys know that I am fascinated by Corey Gamble and his hips and his thighs in those juicy, voluptuous lips, right? Um, seeing what their relationship is like is so funny to me. And we got like a good, a good amount of content. So Chris nabs uh, Chloe and Corey and it's like, okay, we're going to go down to my old apartment because we have some time to kill before SNL. Uh, so they're walking down and they're like literally walking on the street. And I remember seeing paparazzi footage of them and they were walking so slow down the street like clearly they were making a show and making it easier on the cameraman like let's just walk at a snail's pace down the street right so they're walking by all these outdoor restaurants everybody's gawking at them people are following them paparazzi are there the show's cameras are there and it's just like a shit show like chris is wanting to have this mary tyler moore moment but you you can only walk like one step per second. It's, it's very strange. Um, Chloe ends up running into her glam squad and was like, you know what? I'm out. I didn't want to be here anyway. So I'm going to, uh, you turn back to the hotel with my glam. Thank you. Goodbye. So (laughs) then Chris and Corey are tasked with walking down and trying to find her apartment. First, they (laughs) walk past the pretzel stand and Chris is like, Oh, like I want one. Corey says, can we split one? She's like, let's just get two. And Corey's like, yeah, I don't want a whole one. I just want like a little bit. So she makes him get two. <laughs> I 
And then she walks ahead of him. And he, at one point, he just stands and looks down at the pretzel and mumbles to himself. I told her I didn't want this. <laughs> I don't know who ended up with the pretzel, but next next scene, it was gone. Um, so they're trying to find the space and yada, yada, yada. She finds it. If you're interested at all, it's um, by the Quinn, which I think is between 6th and 7th on 57th Street. Right across from Dwayne Reed. Okay? It, it's a very nondescript building. I don't know what sort of pleasure you would get out of it. Um, but there you go. Chris also tries to make some joke about how, like, if she got lost in the city, she could always find her way from Bergdorf's. Girl. Okay. Um, then she tells a story about how she was living in New York. She lived there for nine months. She was working for, I think, Delta or American. Um and, you know, there's a lot of revisionist history when it comes to one Kristen Jenner. So what she tells of the story is that like, oh, Robert and OJ came up um, because they were in Montreal because that's where the 76 Olympics were. Obviously, Caitlin was uh, won the decathlon or whatever it is that she won. I still don't know. <laughs> After all these years, I still don't care. Um, but yeah, she dead names Caitlin, which I feel like, Chris, at this point, don't we know not to refer, like, don't we know about dead naming at this point, Chris? Come on, girl. Come on. That was really, like, annoying and, and disappointing. But anyway, she was telling the story as though she and Robert were together at that time. They were not. Again, go to patreon.com slash EBBM podcast to hear more on that. Okay. She's lived a life. You guys, Chris Jenner has lived a life and you guys need to know about it. Um, so what happens after that? Okay. Finally, it's time for SNL. And as Kim is working, like she's getting ready, working over her opening monologue, like she's in hair and makeup about to go out on stage, right? She starts to get a little bit scared about the Corey joke. So if you guys don't remember, the joke she made was like, I'm not a gold digger. I don't even know what it takes to be one. So I asked my mom's boyfriend, Corey. And <laughs> so she gets nervous about him hearing that. So she has him come in and it's like, you know, I just want you to know, I wouldn't tell that joke if I thought it was actually true. And he's like, oh, you know, don't worry about it, you know whatever, like it, it's, it's all good. Right. He's like, you know what? I got thick skin. No, he's like, I'm really thick. I thought he said thick. Never. I was going to make a joke about him being thick, but I already ruined it. Okay. So let's just move on before I embarrass myself further. <laughs> so finally, finally, Kim has done SNL. She says that she's really nervous to do stuff like that usually, but in this case, it was actually great. And even euphoric for her. We see just like, little clips there was you know kind of a behind the scenes of her opening mon monologue little clips of her throughout the show of course they threw in the uh her and pete on the magic carpet clip and uh she told everybody that you know she uh she does the show it goes well she tells everybody backstage that she wrote um, on the SNL stationery a handwritten letter to everybody in the cast and crew and gave it to them. And then she goes up to Bo and Yang and she's like, this is embarrassing, but can I ask you for a picture? And he's like, what? <laughs> like, you just made my whole life. I, this is the greatest accomplishment of my life that you asked me. Um, after that, everybody goes to Zero Bond for the after party. Didn't see anything of Pete. 
Blake Blake Griffin was on that show and he was at the after party and I noticed them speaking to each other. But like, again, what do they talk about? Like, do you think Cam went up and was like, hey, um, remember when you got uh, sued by your baby mama because you left her for my sister, Kendall? Remember that? She blasted your ass for being an absentee father who fucked off his complete responsibilities to, to hook up with my sister. Didn't even tell. <laughs> Didn't even tell the woman. They were living together and engaged. And then next thing she knows, she sees paparazzi pictures of Blake and Kendall. Ooh, goddamn. Chris Rock is there. Gail King is there for some reason. I think Gail King might be like this era's Carrie Bradshaw, just like a perennial Lee single, no shade um, woman who's like in the media, who's just like out and about. I see Gail King at a, a, a damn party. Okay. She, she will be at a damn party in Manhattan. All right. Doesn't matter who <laughs> doesn't matter who I loved it. Um, Gail King and just like a sensible, outfit that she would easily wear on CBS this morning at zero bond at like two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I love it at an SNL after party. Um, so, Oh, she and Amy Schumer wrap up their like mentor mentee situation that's been happening. Their, their little story arc with each other. And Amy sits her down and is like, you know, there were some jokes in there that I told you that I didn't really like, but I just, you went for them anyway and you trusted your instincts and that's so great. And, you know, I just, I really want to see you win. And Kim's talking about how Amy is such a girl's girl and she's always up for like women's empowerment and lifting them up. And again, I'm thinking of like all of the (laughs) women in comedy who have said that she's stolen her jokes that have said that she stomped all over them, has stopped them from getting shows, has like deaded their name in the industry. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And girl power. And if we could not hop off this train of horrific comedians enough, we have to take a last stop over at the caboose over at the Ellen DeGeneres show. Chloe goes on to talk about, again, I'm not sure Good American. Couldn't tell you. Um, she has this absolute crisis, you guys, before the show. Wait for it, you guys. She brought the wrong Skims shapewear. And it wasn't going to be short enough for her very short dress. So they had to cut cut it. But you know what? She knows the owner. So it'll be okay. <laughs> Good one, Chloe. Good one, Chloe. Um, you know, for her being like an anchor of the show, we haven't seen Kendall, Kylie... Well, we see them at the end of the episode, but like, we didn't see Courtney at all this episode. So, mm. Mm, okay. So anyway, what happens? Oh, um, (laughs) Ellen knows all the tea. Chris and Ellen are like real life friends. She knows all about the engagement that's about to happen with Travis and Courtney. She's asking you know, I, I appreciate Ellen for very little these days, but I will appreciate that she was like, you know, hey, uh, asking the like insider questions of how do you think Scott's going to feel about this engagement? Like, don't you think he might feel just a little bit of a sting because Courtney always said all these years that she never wanted to get married? <laughs> and it's like, it's not really about Scott, of course, like, Scott's got to deal with his own shit. And Chloe brings that up. Like, you know, Courtney can't delay her life because of Scott, but also it's like, "Mm, fair question. 
Fair question. Because y'all are the ones who brought him into the fold as his family. So actually, these are fair questions. They are fair questions because you created the situation in this relationship dynamic with Scott. So now you do actually have to care for him in a way that you wouldn't if this was just a normal breakup. This was my favorite scene of the whole, probably the whole series so far. So first of all, blah, blah, blah. Chris and Chloe are trying to plan Travis's uh, proposal because he wants to do it on a specific day on their anniversary. But she's, you know, they're in the middle of their IVF journey. And the doctor had initially told them that uh, they were going to have to do the egg retrieval on the same day that he wanted to do the proposal, which wasn't going to work because you know, after the egg retrieval, you're not really trying to hang out, right? And travel, right? Um, So they were trying to figure it out. Things end up working out. They move the the egg retrieval to a couple days so that everything's good. But (laughs) at one point during all these negotiations, Travis calls Chris and is like, oh, you know, I have been working over what I wanted to say to her during the proposal. I wrote it down. If you want, I can send it to you. So they hang up and he sends it to her and she starts reading it. And it's like, it's like honestly, it's like pretty basic, right? And if he does say like, these are all things that I've said to her before, but I haven't said them all at once at the same time. So um, it's basically just like, you know, first time I met you, I loved you. You're my soulmate. You're my friend. You're my sister. You know, we can share jeans or whatever. Um, I love you. Will you marry me? Right. So as Chris is reading this, she starts getting choked up. She does not even get two sentences in before she has to stop herself. Then she looks at the camera and says, why am I crying? And Corey's standing behind her. He rolls his eyes and he says, because you love to cry, babe. So then she finishes the speech and she's like collecting herself emotionally. And Corey looks over her at her again and says, what part of this is making you cry? What's happening? I've never seen this much crying. You're going to get dehydrated over here because all this crying. (laughs) I love Corey. I love Corey. Once Chris is able to collect herself, she calls all the, her daughters, right? And I, I loved seeing what they were listed in her phone as. So we had <laughs> Chloe is Chloe 2020. Kendall's Kendall Nuevo. Nuevo. Kylie is Kylie New Phone 2022. And for Kim, my favorite, Kimbo 2022. <laughs> Not Kimbo. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so now it's finally the day of the proposal. All the family is going to be there. They're going to do a surprise dinner after. So they're all uh, riding down to Santa Barbara. Kim's in one car with Corey and uh, Chris. Kendall and Kylie are riding together. So (laughs) Kylie and Kendall are driving. And she's like, oh, do you know where we're going? Do you have the directions? And Kylie, who's like six months pregnant at this point, is like, I have no idea where we're going. I was just going to In-N-Out. I don't know. So they go and order. If you're interested in Kendall and Kylie's orders, it is a double-double with sauce and grilled onions. Sounds delicious. Um, And then what happens after that? Oh, so then they realize, Chris realizes, hmm, you know, I'm wondering how far Kendall and Kylie are from there because she had just gotten word that Courtney and Travis were like 33 minutes out. So she calls Kendall and Kylie and is like, "Uh, how far is your GPS saying? They're like, oh, we're like 33 minutes, meaning she and they, them and Travis and Courtney must be like right on the road together. 
And Chris is like, oh, you know what? It occurred to me that maybe we should have taken cars and had drivers. And so we don't see the very obvious Rolls Royce SUV with the pink interior, Kylie. (laughs) Maybe that would uh, probably sets people's eyes uh, in a certain direction when they see it on the road. So they're like, oh, shit. And Kim's like, you know, if you guys make if you guys hit this red light, you guys are going to see each other. You know that, right? It's going to ruin the whole thing. So that was a big cliffhanger. Does Courtney find out? Spoiler alert, she doesn't. Okay. Spoiler alert, she doesn't. I'm really looking forward to next episode, though, y'all, because um, uh, some of those Dissit kids were not there for the engagement dinner, and apparently they felt some type of way about that. So I'm really excited to see the dynamics of the whole situation. Woo! You don't fucked up, Trev. You don't fucked up on that one. Okay. 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 Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. All right, guys, let's get into the latest updates from the courtroom drama that is happening between one Angela White, a.k.a. Black China, and the Kardashians. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the court has been adjourned. Is that the term? (laughs) The deliberations have ended. Jury's gotten all the evidence that they need to move forward. Um, I believe the court opens back up on Monday and we'll continue with the trial. But let's talk about what all went down this week, starting with Kylie Jenner. So Kylie took the stand and she basically repeated the same stuff that uh, her mom, Chris had been claiming. Um, Chris last week had said that both Kylie and Tyga had made claims about um, black China threatening to kill Kylie, um, threatening to, or actually allegedly stabbing Tyga at some point during his relationship with Black China. And yeah, she says that she remembers seeing, uh, Rob shortly after he had this fight with China in 2016, where allegedly she pulled a gun out on him. And she said that what she heard about the situation is that Rob was playing video games. China came up behind him and put an iPhone cord around her neck. She said that she was just joking. If you guys 
remember. Um, also, with regard to the gun incident, China's explanation for that is that Rob was on FaceTime eating with his friends and that she put a gun, his gun that he owned, that he said there were no bullets in, to his head and made a jokey joke about, hey, like, don't ever leave me, okay, on some, like, Ike Turner shit, right? So um, she says, just another one of my tee-hee-hees. Pay me no mind, okay? Um, she also says, Kylie said that she once remembered waking up to threatening texts from China and that China had sent her a bunch of devil emojis and it said counting the days to beat her. Um, now, I would also like to remind you that uh, when celebrities would come out with their own pack of emojis, remember Kim did her Kimoji, Black China had a chai emoji that had a... <laughs> Depiction of a white woman who looked very close to Kylie being slapped in the face. She decided to put that in her package of emojis. When attorneys asked Kylie why she did not report this to the police, Kylie said that she took it as an empty threat and that Tyga had told her China had issues with drugs and alcohol. So basically she was like, I think this bitch is high. I'm not going to even worry about it. Um, Then there were emails that came out in the court on Monday of Kylie's that said she had reached out to executives at E saying, um, I don't want this Robin China show to happen so badly that I'm willing to do my own show to make up for it as a replacement for season two of Robin China, which I guess is why we got life of Kylie. That really explains a lot now that I'm thinking about it. Um, Moving on, we had China claiming and being denied. She wanted to have her um, testimony be redone. So the first day of her um, sitting down her court proceedings, she was asked about and had to look at pictures that Rob had posted of her on Instagram, all the revenge porn pictures. Um, So she said that she was completely thrown off by having to see those that she wasn't able to do her testimony right, but they denied her her ability to redo it. So yeah, they're just going to move forward with the original testimony that they did with China. Um, moving on to Ky- Chloe um, and Kim, they both testified on Tuesday. During Chloe's testimony, she said that she wanted to protect Rob from the quote, outrageous, chaotic and violent behavior stemming from his relationship with China. And they were all considering not being part of such toxicity. So whereas Kylie was offering to do her own show, Chloe says that they were so adamant about getting Rob out of the situation that they were considering shutting down all of keeping up with the Kardashians in order to keep this relationship from moving forward. They thought the relationship would really hurt and damage their brand and they were willing to do whatever it took in order to make that not happen. Um, so uh, emails Chloe sent were presented and said, um, we're even considering not moving forward with our show. If theirs continues, that's how fall strongly I feel about this damaging our family. And then Corey, Corey also hit the stand on Tuesday. If he was there for the first time, he gave his account of this fight, the 2016 fight. So during this fight, Rob called Chris and Chris was in the bed with uh, Corey and Corey said that he could hear over the phone when Chris put the phone on speaker, China screaming at Rob, 
fuck you, I'm going to kill you, you fat motherfucker. So he goes over to the house. Chris wanted to come. He tells her no. And because this could be like a dangerous situation. So when he gets there, he pulls up behind Rob, parks his car behind Rob's car. He walks into the house and he says that he sees China standing in front of Rob with a rod in her hand, a rod that once she saw Corey, she dropped on the floor. Um, he says that she did find some other piece of something and was hitting Rob with that. So he got in between them. Um, there were some punches thrown. He says that he was a recipient of one of those blows and he eventually told Rob, Hey, get out of here. But then he realized that he had parked behind him. So he had to go into the house and get the keys. He says at that point, China started cutting up again and started hitting people and it just began became another situation until rob was able to leave and then rob took the stand he talked about their relationship and said that it moved really quickly he slid into china's dms and it was on and popping from there he says that he was at his lowest point when he met China and she was kind of one of the only people that got him out, which was very, uh, you know, attractive and alluring to him. And he says, I was probably at the worst place in my entire life and that he had just been diagnosed with ketoacidosis and diabetes. She was catching me at my lowest. And then he says that China disrespected his family a hundred different times, including a skipping a baby shower that his relatives threw for her and allegedly sending threats to his younger sister, Kylie. Pause, flag on the play. So this is a retelling of the story from my memory of it. So um, apparently what had happened during that time, from my re recollection, is that Rob had gotten confused and Kylie was hosting a baby shower for dream. But Rob was under the impression that this was supposed to be just the Kardashians and that China was not invited to the shower. So he got pissed off about the family, excluding her and decided to tweet Kylie's phone number. And was basically just like, don't fuck with me. My family, you know, like, you guys are evil. Why would you do this? Apparently it was all some misunderstanding and that he thought that she was invited, but it was a party for both of them. Yada, yada, yada. Everything's fine. Right. So for you to say that like, Oh, I was, um, he said that, uh, he wasn't ever trying to be negative towards his family and that China made him do things that he would have never done because he was just trying to support her. And, I just really call bullshit on this. Like we all remember when Rob went on Instagram and said that Kim was the girl from gone girl. So, you know, like Rob has no issue with humiliating any woman because he hates them. So for him to act like China was the one, and he was just the sweetest boy on the whole planet. And you know how uh, China made me be mean to my sisters. And I, I never would have done that if it weren't for her. Like bullshit, Rob, but like Rob is like an objectively not good dude. And we all need to talk about it. But anyway, they went on with the testimony for Rob. And he says that, um, he was never in love with China and it was not ever real love with them. Otherwise they would have been married. You proposed to her. 
So, I mean, it would make a, your argument would make a lot more sense if you never proposed to her. You're just like, you know, I just never saw that, but you did. You put a ring on it. So it's not really giving what you think it was supposed to give. But then he goes on to say um, that their relationship or the baby dream was not born out of spite. He did like her. Um, so, yeah. Um, the last bit of information from this trial is that Kim was dropped. So when they gave uh, the jury instructions, they give them evidence, any evidence that they might need to look over, right? They were given, the jury was given all this evidence, including text messages and emails from the defendants um, and blah, blah, blah. When they get the instructions, though, it doesn't include anything that had to do with Kim. So Kim's lawyer was like, um, since she's been excluded from this narrative, can she just be excluded from the entire lawsuit? And the judge said, yeah, yeah, you can. So Kim's now not on the hook for any of this. And so now we have Chris, Chloe, Kylie up against Black China. So we'll see what happens. I mean, the fact that this judge thought that this was a uh, viable case to begin with leads me to believe that she's she's going to be walking away with something. And I, I want to know what it is. I'm feeling like it'll probably be a closed case or a sealed document that we never find out how much she got. But you know what? The day that the jury, the verdict comes out, I would just say, like, if you have time the next day, I would hop on Instagram Live, Tokyo Tony's Instagram Live about 2, 3 in the morning, just just to see if she happens to be on. You'll find out. You'll find out how much she got. I'm, I am sure of that. Okay, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Be back later with the Summer House season finale and... Not married at first sight. I'm going to have to talk about something else. Okay.